the one really hard lesson I've learned over the last like four years is making money with art mm-hmm. is just extremely tough. At the end of the day, if you don't have like a team or like a like like a good network, you're just a freelancer. Like you're not a business or an agency or anything like that. You're just a freelancer. In the city of Atlanta, like you really can get grab coffee, like get somebody at the table way easier than you think. Like all you have to do is just send them an email or like a DM or yeah. like like hey, can you can you meet up? Like I would love to just like talk to you. Like I admire your work, this and that. People will give you their time. Like as long as you're genuine and authentic. Oh boy. Welcome to Hot Breath episode number 99. This is your favorite host, Joel Byers, and welcome to your favorite podcast. Hot Breath. Oh, you picked a good one to join us on today. If this is your first time listening, welcome aboard. If you're an old faithful hot brethren and sistren, welcome back. This is an epic interview, ladies and gentlemen. I was able to sit down with this guest over at Switchyards, where I've done a couple other interviews, but it's really just a cool place here in Atlanta that's really doing a lot of big things for the city. And my guest is doing big things for the city, not only with his art, but also with his expertise in branding, in social media in project management and he is really a swiss army knife of skill sets that i really just wanted to dive headfirst into and he does all this with his wife as his partner in crime and partner in business so that was a lot of fun to hear and intriguing and inspiring if you will as i um hint hint at my wife and our future together but it we learned everything in this episode and as you know it's all about learning here so thank you for spending your valuable time with us I'm going to hop right into it, but if you do find this episode valuable, if you did learn something new or insightful, please do share with your followers, with your friends, with your family, with other people you know that love podcasts. This is really a passion project of mine, and as we are approaching 100 episodes next week, this 99th episode is one I am extremely proud of that I would love more and more people to hear about, and with your help, we can really make that happen. So if you do share, or if you want to Stay in contact with me. I'm on social media at Joel Byers Comedy. I also have a website, joelbyerscomedy.com. You can contact me on any of the social media platforms at Joel Byers Comedy or at Hot Breath Pod. I really do want to make this more interactive and more collaborative and more of like a community, as we call it, the Hot Breathiverse. So let's really, as we're hitting 100 episodes next week, let's really catch stride with this one and really start interacting more. I'd really appreciate that and it keeps me motivated and if you feel motivated to take it another step further and you're already listening on itunes a leaving a quick five-star itunes review really does make a difference in the whole podcast universe as far as getting us more exposure and engaging with new people so with your help listeners hot brethren and sister and alike we can really start to continue to grow here so that's what it's about Let's hop into it. This guest, you're going to learn. So I would recommend go ahead, get get a notepad, get something ready, because we touch on everything. And there is a special nugget in the outro for you to definitely hang out for. But let's go ahead and land this intro and hop right into it. And you know, there's only one thing left to do. And that is inhale a hot breath. <sighs> 
with Bhargava Chiluberu. This is how we try to work. This is very exciting. If you could just say your full name into the microphone. Sure, it's uh, Bhargava Chiluberu. Bhargava Chiluberu. Yes. You got Welcome. it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome yeah. to the Hot Breath of Earth. Thank you. This is my uh, um, this is my first podcast interview. I'm pretty excited. This ever? Uh, yeah, ever. I think so. Whoa. Yeah, I don't think I've done another podcast before. So yeah, uh, I could tell in researching you there wasn't much. Uh, so. I try to stay low key, and uh-huh. I'm also like spread out my work again, like over a bunch of different brands and organizations and stuff like that. So, like, unless like you really just like. Google and just like go through all the list of things that I'm doing. It's probably going to be hard to like figure out all the stuff that I have going on. Oh, well, I did. (laughs) So don't worry. Okay. I knew this was like the only one. So I want to make sure this is the one. Yeah. So that's why we're capturing your story. And what interests me besides just, of course, your artistic ability, your business ability is also we share a passion for Atlanta. Yeah. And you even call yourself an Atlanta evangelist. Do I? Have I said that? That was one of the research things. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember writing that, but yeah, maybe it's possible. But no, I I do. uh, I don't, I hate labels, but yes, I love Atlanta. (laughs) And like, I am definitely somebody who uh, wants to put Atlanta first and showcase how Atlanta is great. Like, uh, and like all that beliefs have just come from me traveling all around, like just the country, the world. And like, it's kind of a, like, we're in a really interesting spot um, in the history of our city. So that's kind of definitely... Uh, what is it about Atlanta that's so special? So I think we're at like a really interesting time in our city's history just because so I had a chance to visit New York and San Francisco as like like right when I became an entrepreneur I tried to see if those are spots for us to be able to move to. Mm-hmm. And like one thing that became like really apparent right from the beginning is like if you're at least like an entrepreneur starting off like without like much uh, capital or like resources, those are cities that would be very difficult to kind of make work like right away like unless you had like a great job uh because like living expenses just alone are like ridiculously high so that makes atlanta a place uh for anybody to be able to make a name for myself for themselves and i think uh it's actually proved itself so four years ago we tried to go check those out see if those are possible and i feel like those are places that like have like you know new york eats is young like those are like like phrases that are around and i really think mm-hmm. uh it really does that there are like there's a lot of uh like young people are really frustrated and even like just like regular people are paying like two thousand dollars a month for <laughs> like you know an apartment this size in the middle of the city and like you know it's like significantly lower here even though the prices are going up very quickly i think um the, the cost of living itself makes a big difference uh, the other thing is i think one thing that happened in Atlanta is like around the Olympic Games uh, is like uh, everybody from the world kind of moved here. Uh, and like slowly people from all over the country have been moving here the last few years, especially with the boom of like the entertainment industry, like mm-hmm. Pinewood Studios being here, like just like the movie industry. Uh, but uh, just in general, a lot of creatives have moved here as well. And like the infrastructure is slowly starting to get better, especially in uh, like in town Atlanta. Uh, we just like it's like things are changing a lot. And I think what's happening here is like culture is being created because I think culture gets created when uh, people from all like different people from different cultures meet like new ideas get created because you're exposed to other things that are yeah. different from you. Yeah. So that's what happened in New York. And that's what happened in L.A. Like because they were exposed to cultures from all over the world. And like so at a time in history where like 
all over people from all over the world, you know, went to New York and created that culture and they became the cultural leader. Uh, I think Atlanta now has that ability because people from all over the world have moved here, oh. from all over the country have moved here and they've brought all their ideas here. So when I went to visit like New York, like San Francisco, Seattle, like Chicago, like they all have their unique characteristics, but like Atlanta has like a lot of those characteristics just brought over from there uh, because people from all over those people, like places have moved here. Uh-huh. That's so, what I noticed. And I started this podcast because I noticed the comedy scene here was booming. Yeah. And exactly, there's a yeah. lot of people on TV and Comedy Central and doing specials and Netflix all from the comedy scene. So yeah. I started interviewing them. Yeah. And now as I interview more people like you, yeah. just creative influencers in Atlanta, yeah. I'm starting to realize there's almost just like a cultural renaissance happening. Yeah, absolutely. Here. And it's like, I mean, like maybe New York's like a, it's like a hard example to compare to, but maybe LA, because like LA is like, LA is kind of spread out as well. And like, but like, just like the way we can cultivate like that culture is like, is it's, we just have the more of an ability to do so now mm-hmm. than we did before. Because like, I went to school here, I went to school in downtown at GSU, but the city's just not the same at all. Like, you know, uh, uh, it's just things are just changing and like it's getting like better for uh, at, at least creatives. Like that's my world, um, right. I think. But in general, too, I think like anybody that's has just like a regular job as well. Like I think just the, for the cost of living perspective and what you get out of it, um, I think is like a lot better in Atlanta. And you moved here when you were 13? Yeah, from India. I moved here from uh, like straight to Atlanta, uh-huh. across Gwinnett County. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, ninety ninety eight. Like that was two years after the Olympics. And the city you came from in India, that was kind of a hub as well, right? Yeah, it's like uh, so. Hyderabad is the city I'm from. That's where I was born, uh, and uh, it's definitely a multicultural city. It's very similar to Atlanta hmm. uh, when it comes to like like how you can compare. Like, there's like a big Muslim population. Uh, there's like a, basically people from all over India had moved to uh, to Hyderabad at the time. And so I was exposed to a bunch of different cultures even when I was younger. Yeah. And that's why I love, like it's also like uh, geographically, it's very similar to where Atlanta is in uh, America. That's, that's so it's like Southeast, so we were Southeast. <laughs> so uh, there, and it's also like, you know, not like one of the top tier cities because you usually think of Delhi, Mumbai and Bangalore, uh, but like Hyderabad is like the second tier city. And like, and I think a uh, city. And I feel like Atlanta is kind of in that category right now. So it's super interesting. And your family moves here with $600. <laughs> that's, that's, and yeah. now you own, you run three companies now. I, I do the own three companies. Uh, I don't know if I have any more than $600 still. Like, but, uh, but no, uh, I, yeah, like it's uh, definitely like a really cool, like uh, American dream type story, but definitely a lot of hard like struggles and all this kind of stuff. I, I remember my family going through a lot of, uh, you know, trouble, just like trying to keep things together and all this kind of stuff so uh very very much like an immigrant experience but like you know from maybe more of like a uh i mean definitely unique to itself because it's more from a south asian perspective from like than what you might hear in the media which is more of like just like other other cultures i feel like indians have slowly like you know been represented in the mass media but Mm -hmm. it's been very slow i think but it's really cool to see like there's so many shows around that like kind of talk about that experience lately which is really cool uh like uh master of none or like any of those kind of guys yeah uh but it's uh it's uh, yeah it's definitely kind of like a unique experience because like indian culture is just like so different from like like some of the other cultures that 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 are represented how uh, how low did it get? You said there were some struggles. How low? Uh, I mean, it's definitely like, you know, it's uh, trying to make it as an immigrant like itself is like really hard. Like, but like my dad wanted to just be uh, or my. So my dad moved here uh, with the hopes of like 
continuing what <laughs> continuing what uh what he used to do in uh, india which was like own an agency and like do creative work and stuff like that but it is uh i'm sorry you're good those stories. That's what we're doing. Okay. That's cool. Okay. All right. Sorry. Uh, you're fine. I was trying uh, to dock you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For this sure. This is your first interview. Uh, I was trying sure. to dock yeah, you. We, have, we need those. Uh, <laughs> uh, my phone's always dead, too. Yeah, it's uh, all but, good. <laughs> uh, I think it's just like, I think the idea of uh, him being like a valued member of society, respected, had his own business, had a couple of businesses, mm-hmm. and people just respected him. And like when he moved here, like like he had to just get like, just like low paying jobs, like not necessarily the respectable jobs. And he wasn't respected just because like it could have been just because of his accent or this or that. Like, and I think those are the type of things that definitely affected us a lot. Being not, like just not being able to make general income because he might have lost his job or contract work or whatever it was. Um, but definitely like low meaning, just like him not having a job and like my mom not being able to work as well. Mm-hmm. And like those kind of financial struggles were definitely like huge for sure early in the beginning. Um, but I mean, like, but we're lucky, though. We definitely have, like, comparatively, I would say, like, we definitely have had a better experience than, like, a lot of people that I know personally. What gave you the belief to just quit your job and start off? I guess it started off as Chill Media? Yeah, is that Chill where you Media started? is, like, the the umbrella company that's, uh-huh. like, really nobody knows that name. But that is, like, the umbrella company. Uh, we split it into a couple of different companies called Chill Creative and Chill Studios. It's mm-hmm. just, like, different audiences. That's really it. Um, but just to answer your question... Um, I was just like really dissatisfied with my job. And like, I feel like I was dissatisfied with any job that I was ever taking on only because I felt like there's only a few people that really do a lot of the work when it comes to like corporate jobs and like those people. And then the rest of the team might just be kind of not doing as much work. And like that person wouldn't get any more uh, credit. Mm. And I felt like I was doing a lot of work no matter what job I was at. Uh, So that's, that's one thing. But at the same time, it was like, I just had a lot of things I wanted to pursue in life. And I just felt like I had the energy at that time to do so. Uh, so right before I made the move, we had gotten married. And like right when we got engaged, we, me and my wife both knew we had to like get healthier and like kind of lose weight for the wedding. But that really turned into this whole thing where we kind of transformed our lives. Like we uh, huh. like my uh, we lost like just like a ton of weight. Like my wife lost like a hundred pounds. I lost like 75 pounds. Uh, So like, yeah, yeah, totally like life changing kind of like, you know, scenarios. And um, like, and like the weight's definitely like the number everybody like always gravitates to, but it's like more of a mental health thing. I think like, it's like our mental health just got better. And Mm -hmm. like, we both felt like we had the energy and the drive to go out and just like conquer the world, like this and that kind of stuff. Uh, But that's like heavy, high loaded stuff. Like it's definitely more, like we wanted to like really make it happen at a practical level. And we just, I just did it from just like an entrepreneurial spirit. I just wanted to go out. I just wanted to make money on my own. I wanted to figure it out as I go on. Um, I, I, I'm just like a, I'm kind of the person that just like does things to learn. I just like, I never yeah. learn anything in school. Like I feel yeah. like everything that I do for a living right now is self-taught. So all the stuff that you see me do, like uh, on my Instagram, so my artwork, my photography, my video, my design work, everything's self-taught. Um, yeah, like uh, GSU, I went to GSU for marketing, but like, and that definitely helps me in our day-to-day life right now, but it wasn't something like substantial that I took away. I feel like everything that I've done that I do for a living, I've learned by doing and that I felt like even owning a business would be one of those, like where I felt like I just had to jump into it. And the sooner I started, the better, um, like 
because we had that life-changing transformation, I just felt like I was behind already. Because <laughs> I feel like if I had that mentality early on when I was 21 or 22, like I would have already started. I would have already. So it was just like uh, almost like a matter of hurry. And that's why I also like uh, split the company into and like tried to go after every type of market. Definitely wasn't the, the smartest move, but like that's what I did. And I also pursued art like nonstop since I started the businesses. So it's been it's been an interesting journey. Did your wife quit her job to pursue as so well? I I quit my job April I quit my job April first, uh twenty thirteen. Oh okay. <laughs> just just to mess with people. Uh, that's when and, I got married. Oh yeah. April first. Uh, that's cool. Two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Did people like, are you really married? Yeah. yeah, totally. yeah. Uh, <laughs> like nobody asked me, did you really quit your job? But no, that never <laughs> happened. Uh, but uh, my wife quit her job. Like she was a teacher at the time mm-hmm. and just it was a really tough experience for her, like uh, especially like the, her last year. I think like twenty some odd teachers had quit, like wow. because it was just like there were some issues with just the school system, or like, or, like just that particular um, school. Mm-hmm. And it it was just like a unique opportunity. She like she, we were making progress, and like she just wanted to join, and it was. Uh, there was just like a lot of value because he was already helping anyway. So it just kind of was like a great fit. Uh, I'm the creative and she keeps everything organized. And like <laughs> my, my, me alone, I'm probably like similar to a whole, like a 30 kids or something like that. My brain works that way. So keeping everything organized, keeping like actually making sure we're making money. That's, right, her, right, that's right. her job. So yeah. uh, it was just a good fit. So it, uh, and but she's also the reason for why we're like as successful and are able to do as much as we can because she's, um, uh, I'm a procrastinator and she's like she wants to get stuff done and mm-hmm. like without her drive and stuff like that we wouldn't be where we are right now did you guys save up a nest egg or was this kind of just like all yeah, on you faith? know like that's that's like the number one thing I tell anybody that comes to me and like talks about entrepreneurship or like starting a business or like doing a consultancy or freelance and I always tell them just make sure you shit save up like just a little bit because we spent like a buttload of money on a wedding right before we quit and that wasn't like the smartest thing to do you know <laughs> like we just like all right we'll just do this um like i said like it was just like out of we i almost quit my job out of frustration you know like out of uh, anger frustration like wanting to do something it was like some but i definitely tell people like to plan ahead have a runway make sure like that you can sustain like a lifestyle for a little bit um i guess we did have savings we do still have savings but it's just um I think we needed like a little bit more runway to like really create a business that we could have scaled faster than we're able to now. Because like at the end of the day, if you don't have like a team or like a like like a good network, you're mm-hmm. just a freelancer. Like you're not a business or an agency or anything like that. You're just a freelancer. So the biggest difference is like being able to have those connections or have a team or have employees. Uh, we're still at a spot where we still work with a bunch of consultants, but that's happened over the last two two three years since I moved to in town Atlanta and I've like been able to meet so many creatives that I feel like I could work with and that's been awesome uh, but if you don't have that network already like having a runway is definitely important <laughs> because it takes a little while to build that up it's also important to nurture not only your business relationship but also your marriage as yeah, well how do so. you balance those two it's, it's so it's funny like so uh, my wife and I went to the same high school and that's where we met whoa yeah so uh like we our first interactions were in like interact club or like uh <laughs> like just like school clubs like we were both like i guess i was a geek she was a nerd like however you want to say it but like we were both like just like you know maybe dorky people possibly that's how if you wanted but she was much cooler than me mm-hmm. uh, but it was like one of those things where like that was our the start of our relationship where we worked together on projects and stuff so it was just a natural 
it was natural. Like we don't really feel like we're working. We're just like working together, doing something that we've always done. And we're just like, we collaborate pretty easily. We definitely, it's not easy working with your spouse. Like that's for sure. Like there's no sugar coating in and she will say the same thing, but we figured out a way to make it work and like find out we're still figuring out what our strengths are and our weaknesses are. And like, sometimes it's harder to communicate that because they're your spouse. And you know, that's, that's the the power struggle kind of thing. (laughs) But at the same time, like we both kind of trust each other. At the end of the day, we both know that we are both putting in a hundred percent and like more than anybody else would for towards our business. Will you guys organize time? Like, okay, this is dinner. We only talk about life, not business or, you know, like there, we, we definitely relax together a lot. You know, like it's not like I don't know if there's that really need for separation. Like one of the biggest things mm-hmm. in like the entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey is that you're doing it so that you have the freedom of time and you have the freedom of doing what you want to do there. So we got into an industry earlier on where like we kind of ended up just taking on projects that we didn't really like. And that taught us a lot. Like for the first two, three years of our journey, we were doing just a bunch of projects that we just didn't want to do. But over the last like couple of years, like we've been taking on projects that even though we were working nonstop, it's something that I enjoy and something that she enjoys. So it's not, it doesn't feel like work. You know, you're mm. doing like, that's the entire point of becoming an entrepreneur. Like you want to mm. be doing stuff that you enjoy. And so like, when people ask me that, it's definitely true. Like we have, when friends are around, we're not talking business. Like when we're like in our, on the couch watching TV, watching Game of Thrones or whatever, like <laughs> we're not like, like we don't bust out into like business talk, but it's never like, there's not, I don't feel like there's a need for us to like really separate business and personal because that's just, it's just life. Like our businesses are our babies. So like mm-hmm. we do end up talking about it nonstop, but we don't feel like it's like a burden. I feel like People, when they say it that way, they feel like it's like a burden or something like that. I don't necessarily see it as a burden. It's just something that we wanted to do. We really enjoy it. Like at the end of the day, we just have to make sure we're making money. Like if we're making money, we can sustain our life. I think that's what's like the most important thing. So, and we both enjoy that part. So like that's (laughs) making money. Like we both enjoy money. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like sustaining your life or making money yeah, yeah, yeah. doing it your way though. yeah exactly like yeah. being able to make money the way we want to make money is like or like doing things that we enjoy is like really important for us and that's what's amazing about your journey is you've been able to not only be find success in art but also marry that with business yeah especially with creatives there's usually one skill or yeah. the other what kind of insights do you have into yeah like so that? so it's interesting like i um i I always did like art photography when I traveled, when I had a job, like because I was living um, OTP. I didn't really have a chance to like come take photos of like great, like mm-hmm. cool things or anything like that, like events. So and what was your job, by the way? I was a marketing project manager, which okay. but I was basically doing what I do now. It's like literally uh, like mo- a lot more design work, but design uh, photography and video work for just like a company. Just for other people. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. yeah. Right, uh, but now I just like do the same thing, but for clients, essentially. Like, cool. um, so what was the question? Yeah, sorry. The, just marrying the, business oh, yeah. and art. So. So, like, uh, the one really hard lesson I've learned over the last, like, four years is making money with art mm-hmm. is just extremely tough. Like, it's just, like, a tough thing. But you don't really do art for, like, money unless, like, you, like you're like 100% dedicated to it and you can do it and, like, you can sustain a living. Um, and that's been, like, my journey. Is, like, so I realized that I was doing travel photography, like, outside whenever I traveled. 
so but when I moved in town, like I realized that I could just like create art, like just with whatever's around me. And it was also around the time when we quit and I actually had time to you know put towards art. Um, and I really thought I could make money th- with this. But like but the biggest thing is like when it comes to photography, like like you can just sell like stock photos, but then like you feel like you're devaluing your like, you know, your name or like your art or whatever it is. Uh, and like they only pay you like 30 cents like for a photo. Like it's like kind of ridiculous, like how much you can do. I wanted to figure out a way to be able to make money while using the same skill sets. So you're just packaging it a different way, essentially, right? So uh, I knew that I could make money doing photography, like, very easily because I could do portraits and weddings and things like that. So it was just, like, the way you package what you did. Hmm. Uh, One thing that really inspired me was, like, my wedding photographer. Like, um, her name is Lacey. She actually lives in Connecticut now. But her, the way she took our wedding photos were just so incredible. I was like, this is art. Like, you know, this is art. Like, and I think, like, I could do the same thing. But the one thing I realized is like I didn't have as much passion for like weddings as like she did. So like even though I still consider like what I did in the the wedding photography and as still do as art, it's not necessarily like the same passion that she had. Like I think like we just my passion just like was somewhere else. And so Mm -hmm. I just pursued it relentlessly. I think like we had shows nonstop, all this kind of stuff. But it's still a very, very tough life to be able to make a full time living doing art and especially art photography um and the way i think i've found success in that world is through just just being very consistent at it like being able to just put work towards like putting something out every single day because like just mm. the digital digital art has changed so much like you can really do so many things nowadays with like within 10 minutes that it would have taken you like three four days to do back in the day so like digital arts just evolving and I just wanted to kind of keep up with that and just like engage my brain, like engage that creative side and put something out. Um, and, but as far as like making a living from something is definitely how I've, um, offered those services, but to companies and just package them differently. So they say like advertising is just like selling art to businesses. Like it's just like, Mm. and that's kind of what I do for a living. It's like, we just have a new age ad agency. So like we are just taking the same skill sets but are offering in just different packages to companies or individuals who are willing to pay. Uh, and that's kind of how I've been able to sustain this lifestyle. Uh, I don't necessarily make as much money like selling those photos as I would like to. Mm-hmm. Ones. But, you know, it's, it's still like using the same side of the brain. Just using your strengths, but also your network, I guess, yeah. plays a big part into it. Yeah, it's like it's. You know, like, and it takes a while, like when you're an entrepreneur and like, mm. you know, when you're starting out, like, yes. and it goes back to the whole, like starting off and like, if you were to start off in like New York City or something like that, like being how big it is in the city of Atlanta, like you really can get, grab coffee, like get somebody at the table way easier than you think. Like all you have to do is just send them an email or like a DM or yeah. like, like, Hey, can you, can you meet up? Like, I would love to just like talk to you. Like I admire your work, this and that people will give you their time. Like as long as you're genuine and authentic. So like I've been able to just meet so many people and like just like so many cool and in, like individuals like and a lot of great like creatives too all around and like there were so many networks already uh, or like organizations like putting together groups of creatives like We Love ATL has like I think played a big part in that for me and like mm. um, and like I was able to meet so many photographers through We Love ATL uh, just like little movements like that you know and I think like that's like a huge inspiration for why I started 404 is like I think like just having more groups of people coming together and like 
uh, and being able to network and being able to collaborate, I think was super important. And um, I think uh, you're right, like just like building up that network is very, very crucial. Like it doesn't matter who you are, like what you're doing. Um, if you're like, if you don't consider yourself an entrepreneur just because you're an artist, I think you're kind of missing the point of like, how do I make this a living? Like you have to think as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. uh, and like a network is very important to all entrepreneurs and it's very important to artists as well. Like you have to know your community and know the right people and like understand what's happening and how the market is like moving forward. And self-awareness yeah. is huge. And what you noticed, what was cool is you had chill media and then you're like, oh, this is like too many audiences yeah. mixed together. So then you had the foresight to break them apart. Yeah. And make them two separate companies. Yeah, uh, you- <laughs> uh, I guess like that's just like it, uh, my biggest advantage in that case was just like my ability to read my target audience. Like because I was doing marketing for a living, like mm-hmm. and branding for a living for my other company. Yeah. So uh, it just I had the knowledge to know that hey, this audience just doesn't care about what we're doing for this other audience. Like like so it was just like easy to know that I needed to split it up, um, but. I think uh, that also causes like situations where like people are like, well, I also I didn't know that you did that as well. So there's like there's that cross branding issue for sure. But I think it's just a matter of time, you know, like people are going to know whether when they know, like I've never felt like I've lost anything big or like anything like that because of that issue right now. So, yeah. And when you sit down with a company, yeah, because you are you mean you do project management, brand strategy, all this jazz. When you sit down with a company, we could say a comedian. For yeah. instance, who yeah. hosts a podcast and he <laughs> yeah. hosts a, sh- a stand-up show and yeah. he has a book and he teaches a class. Yeah. When you sit down with that company, yeah, and they're like, "Well, I need a brand strategy yeah. or whatever." Like, where do you start? Uh, I think like research is like super important. Like, whenever it comes to anything like that, like I think you really have to. Un- I-, I really have to understand who you are and what you're trying to do before I give you any advice. Like, mm. if anybody gives you any advice, like before they do that, like I think they're just first they're. Don't listen to them. <laughs> like, uh, uh, like if people don't don't ask you questions before, like they uh, they they give you advice, and like they're like you should just not like you should you should take that with like a grain of salt. Like you really, I need to understand what your goals are more than anything. Gotcha. First. And then like I want to establish like a sense of authentic authenticity. Like really understand who you are, and like how can we take that and show that to people and nowadays it's like more like it's easier to do that through social media than it is to do like like building out like full branded website like um and like the way to explain that is like i feel like back in the day advertisements were in newspapers because people were reading newspapers uh-huh. now like the easiest way to connect to your customer is through social media like people are just more on facebook and instagram than they are like reading newspapers so rather than creating something fake uh, and putting it out there, like create like an authentic brand. Brand to me is just like personality. So like Ooh. it's just really the way to like shape your personality to show that uh, like this is who I am, this is what I'm doing, and this is what my company is doing, um, and that kind of stuff. So I think you do a pretty de- like great job with like the way you're presenting yourself on social media. Like oh, I think like cool. it's like okay. it's I think it gives a pretty authentic like outlook at like who you are and like you know what you do. So. Um, but I, yeah, that's very like that's those are the steps. Like I definitely do a bunch of research, like tons of discovery first, mm-hmm. and then uh, I'll figure out their goals. And based on that, we just uh, form like an identity through design. Like so, give them like uh, 
like partner with either a designer or like I can design like a logo and then um, like create like just uh, a brand book essentially saying like this is this is kind of your voice like this like if your company was a person this is how they would want to sound like uh, and like you know this is the tone that you would want to represent in like your social media this is what your website should look like these are your colors because orange is like this according to color theory and that kind of stuff um, you can really get like really deep into branding but um, our expertise I feel like is definitely like the visual aspect of it like um, just like the photography video and design so like that's what i do that's what like pretty much everybody around me nowadays does Mm -hmm. and um everything's really evolving like because even brands are evolving now like back in the day brands were just like you you know you just look at a logo and you would think like that's somebody's brand but in the age of like social media like your brand is really like your last post or like your last six posts like on your social media page Mm -hmm. uh because like that's what people remember like they're just so up to date with like what you're doing and what you're not doing if somebody hits like on your page and like that means like they want to get what you're serving up right like that means like you have to show like who you are and what you stand for kind of thing um and that's like so we've been working more and more with brands on their social media way more than we have been before which platform are you seeing the most traction with it's 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 like we think that it's definitely dependent on like who your target audience is like like there are certain brands that get better traction on instagram because that's just where their audience lives uh but uh like but that sometimes to me it's like funny because people get caught up in like well they don't really have that many like that many followers and this and that but like i don't really like i don't care about that as much as i care about like the client's end goals the client's end goals if their uh their goal is to make sales I don't care if that post got like 200 likes. If it didn't get any sales, like it doesn't matter, you know, like, (laughs) so like sometimes like just posting something on Reddit that's like more authentic will drive like way more sales. And like sometimes like for clients, Pinterest works better. It's all about figuring out where your people are and like making like making yourself known in that network in a pretty authentic way, uh, in a very organic way, like non-intrusive. The reasons advertisements used to be so constructed is because you had like, saying they just said you have this eight by ten do whatever right so people just used to put like all this messaging trying to get everything out you don't have that limitation anymore you really can just like put whatever out there Mm. uh in the form of photo video whatever and like that's what's like really important now like figuring out how to phrase those and like phrase those properly like put those together properly even visually, yeah. it, social media is so visually captivating. Yeah. And yeah. since that, you said, is more your expertise, yeah. I would love some insights yeah, and maybe sure. some common mistakes you're seeing people make. Yeah. Um, like, I think, like, getting caught with the follower account is, like, something that people, like, that's, like, one really big mistake that people make, I feel like. is mm-hmm. like, because um, I think, like, so, like, to give you an example, like, I think 404, like, we only have, like, 1,200 followers or something is uh, with the, on our Instagram. But we've driven, like, 60% of it. 60% of our traffic through Instagram and like we've made like a ton of sales like then that's something that like compared to other like people that have 20,000 followers like just don't like get that kind of traction we get uh like if I think the engagement rate is like really really big like are people engaging with you are people commenting are people replying to the content that you're putting out there I think that's really crucial mm-hmm. uh, as business owners people that are not familiar with um just like how social media works or like just that world, they'll just look at like very surface things and hire people based on that. Like just because you can put like really fancy things together and just like put that out there, if it's not getting any engagement, like I think that's a pretty big pitfall. Like that means you're doing it wrong. Like you have to change your strategy. Um, Other things, man, like just engage people that understand social media to handle it for you. Like just because it's like, so here's the thing, like, 
people will come and say like, okay, here, like I have a budget for a website for like $3,000, $5,000, whatever. Like, so you're throwing down that much money for a website, but like, are people going to that website is like something that's huge. Like think about like where your audience is and like figure out how to get there because like a website is not end all be all. Like don't just throw down like tens, like hundreds of or thousands of dollars for a website design. If like most of your audience is on like a certain platform and you can go there and just like get traction from there, like uh, spend more money there. Like, cause you usually you would just give your social media to an intern or like somebody that's like, you know, like you just find uh, or like you just do it yourself. But the problem with that is that um, a person that, went to your website and started following you on Instagram, like now sees your last Instagram post as a representation of your brand. So if you just take like a night shot that's super blurred and like out of focus and you put that up there, <laughs> they equate your brand X with that low quality photo. Boom. Even if you spend $10,000 on your website, that does not matter. Like they're looking at your last photo and they're equating your brand with that. And that's sad to me. Like I think you should really ha- like have somebody talented and like or source content properly and take care of your social media yourself. Just be sure that you're like everything's like grammatically correct. Uh, make sure like, you know, the photos are in focus, like just like all those basic things uh, as basic as they sound like it's just the imp- importance of like what's going out uh, there is like really important to me right now. I just like try to convince all my clients of that. It's like, remember, like this is really important. Yeah, now more than ever. Now more than ever. It's, it hasn't completely boomed yet. Yeah. So getting in as it's a bullish market, I think is smart. That's that's interesting that you say that. Like I almost feel like we're at a point where like it's about to jump the shark. Like it's <laughs> like I know like there, like a lot of people are still getting onto it, but um, I just look at like the way it's been moving and this, all the changes Instagram's been making. Uh, because of that, I feel like a bunch of people are just going to start jumping to a different network. Like something's eventually oh. going to have to come up. Like you know something's going to change. There's going to be another network out there, uh, and like it's always important to me to like find what that is. Like as like somebody who helps people handle this kind of stuff, yeah. it's really important to me to like really like keep an eye out for what that is like right now there's nothing like right now it's just like still instagram and snapchat I was and gonna facebook ask, yeah did you see any, any <laughs> yeah, there's uh there are like snapchat was like in, in in my eyes like was moving a little bit uh, it was moving forward but uh as soon as like instagram put those stories up like it just uh, kind of uh that feature just kind of killed it for me for snapchat mm-hmm. it was, uh, yeah I'm seeing a lot of people do like use real cameras yeah. and then transferring those photos to their Instagram. Yeah. But for somebody more like me, as you see kind of how I roll, yeah, kind of yeah, seeing behind yeah. the scenes and just kind of using just a, a camera, like yeah. a phone camera. Do you have any photography tips to maybe help enhance those photos? Um, yeah, like I think uh, so tools are really tools. The, the conversation of tools is really important to me. I think it's not about trying to learn like what works for other people and really trying to figure out what works for you. Hmm. Uh, especially when we live in an age where there's so many tools around. So if all you have is like the, like a phone, like really just like, just YouTube it really like, I can give you all the tips in the world, but it's all about just like figuring out what tools you have and like making sure like they work. Right. Um, Cause back in the day, like, when I was younger, when I was trying to make it as a content creator, when I was younger, I had to have like a video camera, a camera, like a, a good computer and all this kind of stuff. But for me to be able to process anything, it would have taken forever. The fact that you can do it on your iPhone now, like all it takes is just like a little bit of effort to just Google it and like YouTube it and like figure it out. <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, but like to give you some like real practical advice, I guess, like some apps such as like um, Snapseed is like a great app to just enhance your photos. Um, just 
the idea of like making sure like things are not overexposed and underexposed is kind of crucial. Um, I, yeah, phone photography, like for me is still, um, it's just like, you just, everything's based on practice. So the more you do it, the better you get. Uh, the, but phone photography to me is still like very limited. Like there's very limited things you can do, but only because I'm so ingrained in photography yeah. that, but I will also say that like an iPhone seven camera is insane like it's insane what it can do like just a portrait mode on there man like it looks like a professional like sometimes even i can't tell the difference and that's what's really cool about it. it's like that's what i say about the tools like whatever tools you have at hand like you just like, just like try to master them and like mastering them is just all it takes is nowadays it's just a youtube video away uh and like i think that would be more beneficial than me just like giving some quick tips spoken like a true self-taught <laughs> no really like just that. figure it out God. just learn it i mean you just do the research know what you want google it <laughs> that was the best uh, okay. tips uh google yeah. you have well, an infinite amount of information at your fingertips but you know just to back that up though because like i did learn through a bunch of tutorials that i had to like jump through like three different websites to find you know huh. or like back in the day like finding it on like torrents and this and that Hey, uh, by the way, like I do pay for Adobe now, like for all the years that like, you know, oh. like, you know, like the subscription. Uh, but I, I said the second I started making money, I'll like start paying the company back. And I have, <laughs> but, like, but like the, the, the idea of like just getting the like, tutorials was so hard back in the day that you can just do that now with just like like YouTube. And it'll be the first results right after you Google it. Mm -hmm. To me, it blows my mind that people don't do that more often. Like if you ever run into an issue, just like Google it, you know, like and it'll, uh, you'll get like a full breakdown on how to do things properly. It's all about drive and like wanting to do better. It's mm -hmm. like you just really can't you won't get better until you want to get better. That's like super important. That was like really true for weight loss too for us. Like until like we really had the mindset of like, this is something that's like a crucial change. Cause like we attempted it so many times. We just never did it because uh, until there was like an absolute like change in our mentality saying like, this is something that we're doing now. Like this is something that we have to do now. Uh, and that's like super huge when it comes to wanting to learn anything. Like it's just like you want, you, you have to want to learn. What were some of the failures in, I mean, losing weight is something the majority of the country yeah, suffers yeah. from. What were some of the barriers and then how did, how did you eventually overcome it? Yeah, it's like, I think, um, so I, I've never really talked about this publicly, like too much, only because I think like the way, like a lot of people, like the way we think about it now is like so different from like the general public that I don't want everybody to ever think like, you know, this person just sounds crazy or whatever. But I think just a few simple things that I think made a huge difference is like reduce your like intake of sugar, mm. like sugar in our society is just so common that when I see a donut, it kind of scares me about like how many calories because like when I eat a donut now, I kind of get jittery because of like how much sugar I've reduced, like how much in like the intake of sugar I've reduced essentially. Um, so that's huge. Carbs is another thing is like how many carbs, like, uh, but more than anything is just like, uh, the eating real food, like meaning this, like, just like a salad, like just like real greens, something that hasn't been cooked, like something that still has all their nutrients. Um, just because like back in the day, we would just eat like what, like sandwiches, like Quiznos, like all basically all fast food. So when we eliminated that, that mm. first made a big difference. Uh, but adding a salad like once every other day just to get those nutrients in your body made a big difference. I think that's how you mentally can get better is like because your body really needs those nutrients to change. Like you can take a multivitamin, but like if you can just get that from like real food that's from the earth, like that's like a lot better for you. And also it's just 
better for your like overall like system and like that's what made a difference because we worked out like and we still try to work out like all the time but um like i think food is 80 percent of it that was like a big barrier and um weaning off sugar was the biggest barrier like to me i think like because i feel like we still call ourselves like food addict like food addicts like recovering yeah. food addicts because like you can i think most people that have a weight problem or any like a health problem have trouble binging with food so you can go to a party let's say like a tailgate or super bowl or like a football like you know like a sunday party you start eating you just can't stop like you just go and eat eat and eat and like that kind of just wires your brain to just continue to do that Mm -hmm. and stopping yourself from doing that was definitely one of the biggest barriers and just weaning off sugar was like definitely something that helped us like lose weight so you said a mind, you had a mind shift as well. Was that like the company that kind of took your attention? How, what was the mind shift? Um, so we, we were both very driven as kids. Like when we were in high school, when we met, like we were both like, uh, and it was like top 10, I was top 20, like as, a, as students, right? Like, and we both were driven, but like I think college really kind of changed a lot of that and like the jobs right out of college changed a lot of that for the both of us because we both went unconventional ways. Um, I like most of the uh, most other Indians that I know are like in tech jobs or like are doctors or lawyers or like something that's higher paid, right? Mm-hmm. I went into a job where I like I couldn't make nearly as much money because like most other people I know were like making 70, 80, like whatever or 60 right after college um, and I wasn't making anywhere near that and that definitely put like a dent in like our uh, confidence and this and that. So that definitely um, just, but we became victims to the situation rather than like fighting it. Right. So mm. the shift in the mentality was just definitely like, we just have to do this. And like, we know we can. And I think that shift came from us like working out so much and like getting healthier. And it was just like a, a knowing that if we can do this, if we can lose this much weight or like change this much mentally, then we can do anything. We can accomplish anything. It was just about the dedication. The dedication to like half, like wanting to get off, you know, sugar, wanting yeah. to like, you know, lose weight, all that. Like, ha- like the dedication to waking up every single day and going for a run. Like those are things that take dedication and like that proved that we can change our lives. And that's really like how like the whole business thing came about too. It's just like same dedication, same type of like mentality. It's almost like learning a new skill. Yeah. In a yeah. sense. And how you said, you know, there's so many different skills you have and then now you're bringing in, let's say bringing in the weight loss as well. Yeah. How do you, how do you manage the time? How do you compartmentalize yeah. and nurturing each of these efficiently? Yeah. So, uh, when it comes to business, like I realized over time and like the first few years, I definitely struggled with this, but I think that's where the network kind of comes in, like into play, especially when it comes to business, like finding people that are better than you at certain skills. Hmm. So when it comes to logo design, like, or something like that, like, I know I'm not like a, expert when it comes to vector design so i have just like i know a ton of people now like that do good great vector design when i first started out i didn't and that was kind of tough um but yeah like i think like the, um to me like i try to keep nurturing each one of those things like each one of those skills like as much as possible just by practice like i mm. that's why i like to go out and shoot like uh, as much as i can like i haven't been able to recently but um i think just like keep getting better by through practice so like 
but I will say time is my biggest enemy. <laughs> like when it comes to like having to nurture all these skill sets. Yeah. So the older I get, the more I've been like diversifying, like who does what kind of thing. So uh, I've been getting more and more focused on like specific skill sets and like just letting others that are better uh, to be able to do that. Uh, and that's when it comes to business. When it comes to life, like I think some of those things have just become ingrained um, in our heads, like not not craving like as much food like all that kind of stuff just become natural like i don't crave soft drinks anymore i don't crave like sugary foods anymore mm -hmm. uh and that's just become part of our life like we just um eating a salad like we i crave i crave a salad if i don't go a few days without a salad um and those kind of things have just become part of our life and that's that's something that I'm like, I feel lucky about because like, I know it's a really easy slippery slope down uh, yeah. again, because like, especially during the winter uh, days, it becomes pretty bad because mm -hmm. you're just eating bad food nonstop over and over again. Cause like we actually still eat bad food, by the way. Like, it's just like we balance it out with working out and like, you know, um, just eating like healthy food too. How, how regimented are your days? Do you have set schedules and do you game plan each day and time block and all that? Um, it's so we're uh, we're expecting a baby next week. Yeah, congratulations! <laughs> thank as you, well. thank yeah. you. So the last few months have been kind of chaotic, but before then, both of us used to work out, try to work out at least like three, uh, three, four times a week, and it was something that like we just the the, the rule is that we don't go more than two days without working out. Mm. Um, so like that was like some that was definitely one part of the regiment, um, but. The rest of it is just like really planning out days, like knowing that like, you know, Tuesday, like Mondays, Tuesdays are meetings and the rest of the days are production um, or like it just really depends on like because our, our the agency life is just so fast paced and different that like our project from day to day is a little different. Uh, but that's kind of what I love. Like, I feel like I would be bored if I was doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, but the older I get, I think some of that is definitely changing and I want to kind of do something similar, um, you know, uh, at least a few days a week. Mm -hmm. So I have been kind of getting getting to a schedule that I'm comfortable with and uh, making that happen. But uh yeah, being in like even an environment like switch arts here, uh, I think like I'm exposed to so many different things that it's it's just hard to like think that I'm going to be doing the same thing every day. But I just, I like that though. I think that's like something I enjoy a lot. Yeah. My wife is in project management okay, and yeah. she has, and I mean, to her credit, she has like sat down with me and created like an Excel sheet yeah. with time blocks, yeah, like yeah. with like having goals in mind and then time blocking certain times of day yeah. to nurture those goals. Uh, so like I definitely do that on a day like on a on a weekly basis. Meaning like if you look at my calendar, like everything's planned out for what I'm doing for okay. like a week. But it's definitely week to week. At this point, like before, it was like a lot more like regimented. I guess yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, difficult. Yeah, for sure. But what I've noticed, especially when you do start taking care of yourself more, is that not only frees up like just I mean your health, but yeah. also your time. Yeah. It really yeah, yeah. frees up a lot of time. You're not worried about eating all the time. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's one. And also, like you, like you can go with less sleep, with more energy. Hmm. I don't know if that, that makes sense, but uh, yeah, I just feel like you feel more energetic, so you do have more time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate your time here, man. I yeah, know it's very sure. valuable, yeah. and I've learned so much from you yeah. today, which was the goal. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, yeah, uh, is there anything else you want the world to know? Uh, check out, I guess, my personal art page, b.chil. Yeah. B chill. And then we recently started, my wife and I started a, a enterprise for social good is what we call it. Uh, it's called 404 Co. Uh, and we have, uh, we engage the community through um, 
just meetups and workshops. And also we partner with uh, local artists and collaborate with them and create products and give, like our goal is to give 50% of our profits back to the artists mm. themselves. Uh, and it, in a way we're trying to just nurture like the culture of creativity in our city and just like through through showcasing what's like great about it. Uh, it's it's a really young company, but uh, hopefully we're like doing something special. We we just hit our one year mark, and uh, it's been pretty awesome. And uh, e-commerce driven. Is, yeah, it's e-commerce that driven. Future? I, and that's that was the idea. Is that that uh-huh. I feel like it is the future of like you know like how things are gonna go, and like there are so many like local like great local boutiques that you know do like really cool stuff around town that we felt like this was just a way of putting something together with like not as much effort um, and but drive it through the community aspect. That's why we focus so much on the meetups and like cultivating artists and stuff like that. And I also meet like a lot of talented folks that I collaborate with and through my agency because of 404. So it's been a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Chill Creative? Chill Creative is our, uh, yeah. So if you, if anybody needs any uh, content creation work, uh, so if you're like for photography, video or design, uh, go check out chilcreative.com. So it's chill with one L. Uh, and if you're just looking for portraits uh, or like uh, you want your birthday photos or you're getting married, check out Chill Studios uh, again with one L. Yeah, it's incredible. And I was a fan of you before and just your Instagram and then researching you, you use these terms like you're into digital manipulation and you used all these like esoteric, like, let me see if I can find the one. It was digital. Oh, I can't find the other one. You said something like crazy. I was like, all right, this guy's in like another galaxy. Um, oh, um, painterly environments yeah, is yeah. two things you used. Then I was just like, all right, I got to talk to this guy. It seems like he's learned another language of creativity. Yeah. yeah, we never even really got into my art because, like, that's what you were, what's what we were originally going to talk about. And, like, we, we talked about a whole bunch of other stuff. But I like it. This was, this was a great conversation. Oh, well, good. I'm yeah. glad. Well, yeah. thank you so much for your time. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure we'll be working together soon. Yeah. It's um, Bargarva Chiluveru. Yep. Bargarva Chiluveru. You got it. You're close. You got it, you got it the first time. Yeah. <laughs> you just use that and, like, we use it as a We'll just loop that yeah, exactly. at the end. Yeah, exactly. Well, Thank you for being on Hot Breath. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yes. Very awesome. nice. How did I do? You're great, man. Yeah? How do you feel? I feel good. Very nice. Very cool. I really appreciate you asking me to do this. And um, yeah, I, this was a good conversation. Dude, nope. I appreciate you doing it because you just never know. I know people are busy. And, yeah. yeah. Bow. I tried to tell you this was an information-packed interview. Please, if you enjoyed this, share it with a friend. Let whoever you think else would value from this, let them know this exists, please. And let me know what you learned. What was your favorite moment maybe that I can start building on in future interviews? You know, we're rounding the corner at 100 hot breath episodes next week. That is 100 episodes for all my new hot brethren and sistren. And it really is all thanks to you. You guys keep me inspired. Your feedback is extremely inspiring. All the five-star iTunes reviews you guys do is so greatly appreciated. So if you haven't left one yet and you've been meaning to and you're like, you know what, I'd like to. I love the podcast. I just haven't made the time to do it. Well, no better time than as we approach episode 100 to really let your voice be heard out there. So thank you. I appreciate all you have done. This is so exciting. 100 episodes. Holy cow. And it is going to feature... My first guest of the Hot Breathiverse, which was Rob Hayes. I interviewed him after, right after he opened up for Dave Chappelle and was on 
Last Comic Standing. Now he has since moved to New York, been on Comedy Central. Uh, so, you know what? I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna let you know. You got to listen to the episode next week to know. But it is our first live episode that we recorded at my weekly show, Funny Monkey at Java Monkey Indicator. If you liked hearing me interview people, you would love to see me perform stand up. That is my uh, my lifelong passion here. That podcasting has hopped aboard as well, but stand up is where it all started. I've been hosting this show for over six years now. So if you want to come out and see me live, it's a free show every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. at Java Monkey in the Decatur Square. I would love to see you there. And now that's fair. I just wanted to make that last part rhyme. But anyway, let's hop on out of here. You guys are amazing. All I got to say is until next Monday... Right here on Hot Breath. <sighs> I'm just kidding. All you guys that thought it was over, I of course have to thank my engineer, Amon Garner, for keeping all these sounding crystal clear. And last but not least, my wife, Erin Byers, for making this theme song and making me and making all of this possible. So thank you. Aw, now we can get out of here. Yeah, let's get out of here. We'll do it one more time. We'll remix it. Until next Monday, right here on Hot Bread. <sighs> So let me let me try to get a picture with the photographer. Yeah. Um, how are we doing on light? Is this okay? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Because I, I like photography, but I just yeah. don't. I mean, I'm one of those like just people who appreciate it from afar but don't really understand how. Yeah, there's like so much to talk about when it comes to just like just that alone. It's like the world of photography is just like moving in like such an interesting way. Because like, like I was saying, like I think back in the day, you, like first of all, you have to be able to afford a DSLR. And then like, yeah. and then like, you know, and then if you wanted to do video, you had to afford like a video camera and like you had to get like all these different programs. So if you wanted to do photo, you needed Photoshop and then you needed like After Effects or Premiere for video. But nowadays it's just like one camera and one one piece of like one subscription and you get all the tools uh and you really can do like anything and everything with it so it's just like totally evolving with what with what i'm doing and you, you're kind of getting a sense of it right now just as far as like just gorilla and just like yeah. diy is yeah. there and i'm just using my wife's old iphone and i'll like yeah. make little time lapse and stuff on the iMovie yeah, on here yeah. but is there i mean do you have is there like a camera that maybe i look out for or something like that for time lapses or do you feel like or just like or just um i'm looking at just like document and yeah. create and not necessarily time lapse yeah but more like long form videos so too. check out the uh sony uh sony 6000 or 6300 okay uh two camera or like this the 6000 is a little bit cheaper the 6300 is like a newer version okay or they probably even have a 6500 or whatever but those are they have autofocus uh they're like they're smaller like just photo cameras but mm -hmm. they do video and they can do 1080 and 4k 
Um, but they have autofocus, meaning like you can just put it on that Gorillapod right there and just put it up just like you are with the phone. But it will do like long form, like, you know, up to 20 minutes uh, of video. Like you probably still have to press record one more time. But like that's still, okay. I mean, still longer than the camera. And yeah. it would like you don't have to worry about the space and like it going out or anything like that. Uh, but you could actually have like a video podcast going right after that because like all you would need is like just that and um, just like a road mic. So you could be like sway in the morning or whatever.